Hello, welcome to the Gridiron Show. I'm doing a kind of like I'm doing a stand-up set with a handheld mic today. Anyone who's watching on the YouTube live on the stream or on Twitter or anywhere else right now, we're of course because we do go live at this time every Tuesday at four-ish uh, UK time. You can leave us uh, YouTube comments with questions. You can send us tweets. You can ask us anything you want uh, about the NFL, and we will do our best to muddle through a half decent <laughs> answer. Uh, I'm Will Gavin, alongside me, Ollie Hunter, Michael McQuaid. No, Simon Clancy isn't here this week, and no, I can't confirm nor deny that's because he fears facing me ahead of 49ers Dolphins this weekend. But choices have been made, and so we're going to muddle along as the three of us, and there's going to be a lot less Dolphins chat. I apologize for that, guys. Uh, gentlemen, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm grand. It's I guess he's, whatever happens between the 49ers and the Dolphins, he wins. Because if Jimmy Garoppolo tears his Dolphins a new a shred... Uh, he wins because that's yet another nail in your coffin of disliking Jimmy Garoppolo. Or if the Dolphins win, he wins and uh, the Dolphins beat the 49ers. Also, I'm loving, if um, you really must watch the, the Twitter or the live feed version of this that goes out uh, on at 4pm on a Tuesday, you must also download the podcast as well. But Will's currently sat in front of, I think that's Jason Cundy's Ipswich Town. Shirt? No, it, no, it's actually, it was Alan Brazil. It's, it's Alan, Alan Brazil's Ipswich Town shirt. Jason yeah. Cundy's Chelsea shirt is just out of shot over there. Okay, there's an a signed England bat signed by the likes of Nasser Hussein, etc. Flintoff, Goff. I'm guessing that must be an 05 bat then. That's a pretty good one. Uh, and also on the other side of the office. And I actually, when they last, um, when they last changed our our office around and did a little bit of work in here, when they put the bat up, in fact. Uh, which was quite recently, I asked if they could flip around where, which bits were where because I desperately wanted for the thing that's on the other side of the room to be the thing that sort people saw in meetings because it's way cooler. Is that the Gaza one? Paul Gaza, yeah. <laughs> England sign England shirt from Italia ninety. So I don't Hashtag think it's the watch. one. He, I don't think it's the one he cried in. Just to be clear, but even so, a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool addition. And uh, I, I love Al, but I mean. Most people will get a Gaza reference before they get an Alan Brazil reference. What's the what's the better jersey? I mean, this is loosely connected to to the NFL. What's the, <laughs> hashtag Kit Watch? What's the better jersey? We'll to keep have? it short today, guys. We only need to do half an hour today, guys. <laughs> what's the better jersey? Is it the Gaza nineteen England one, or is it the Gary Lineker took a poo on the ground England shorts? Well, England one. <laughs> Uh, just to be clear, it's definitely the Gaza one, but that's a fantastic <laughs> reference because he did take a poo on the ground. And it he was did really take funny. a poo on the ground, yeah. Oh, good, good. Right, um, let's uh, let's crack on and let's talk some NFL. I mean, Mike hasn't had any say yet. Anything Sorry, you Mike. want to add to the uh, add to the fray, Mike? I just wanted to say, obviously, great to see you lads again as always, but for the people <laughs> listening to this podcast um, on the audio format, welcome in, of course. Uh, Will Gavin just turned his camera around and he's pr- proven to everyone that he's not watching Ecuador against Senegal on ITV uh, on ITV Four at all. So, uh, lads, we're the World Cup's on, but we're we're working. We're we're all in on the NFL and uh, very very. To hard be clear, that's only because I turned it off about three minutes ago. Uh, if I hit the power button on this remote right now, you will hear in the background. You know, you can't get that on ITVX. They're they're on the website. I I am and for what unbelievable reason they're showing Netherlands versus Qatar a dead rubber game where Qatar can't go through instead of the winner take all grudge game between Ecuador and Senegal it's baffling 
You're going to be even more annoyed when they show Uruguay Ghana on ITV4 instead of showing. Uh, <laughs> Uruguay Ghana is an absolute banger because oh yeah, I will be yeah because that's the one that should be on uh, on the on the main stage station because that's the that's the Ghana revenge game against Luis Suarez. Of course, of course, the game we we're all waiting for this whole yeah, World Cup. Yeah, it's basically it's the Texas Cleveland Browns game from for next week, isn't it? That's that's exactly it. I'm aware that, like journalistically, we're meant to and really should talk about that game and the impact. And the Browns getting a ridiculous victory this past weekend uh, before going into the changeover at quarterback. And I just, I just, it still leaves me feeling like it's been an NFL season where we've had more tight finishes, more one-score games. The scoring's just picked up as well in recent weeks, which is really adding to it. And I just, this has been. An NFL season, and obviously where how your team falls obviously affects how you feel about the whole season anyway. But just in general, there's been enough upsets, enough changes, enough tight games, enough surprise teams that this has been an NFL season I found really entertaining, and it's just going to mire it for me this weekend. I just, I just, it's just ugly. I don't want to get involved in it, but I kind of feel like we have to. That's kind of our job. I will make a very quick mention. You're talking about the Browns there. Obviously, there's this guy, you may have heard him a few times, the Sean Watson coming in this weekend, but Jacoby Brissett's really done his job handing over, what, a 4-7 and seven football team. It's hard not to like the guy's attitude towards the game. He gave everything for that team, and you'd like to think now after the whole situation, obviously, he's not going to play this Sunday uh, or play again this season. Um, you'd like to think that he'd be given an opportunity, lads, elsewhere, because... I think he deserves it after the way he's played. I certainly think they got two or three more wins than I thought the Browns would have got after Deshaun Watson was out. So I have to give it to Jacoby Brissett. And will I agree with you? This season, while there's been weeks where you've had some of the late window games have been a bit, not I wouldn't say boring to watch, but you know, there has been weeks where it's been on and off, but there's, there's so many storylines this year and you really can't call it. That's the most important thing. Uh, to the point where, like, with the Browns' decisions as an organization, I rallied against supporting them or following them in any way, shape, or form after that decision. I still couldn't help myself this weekend when it came to Jacoby Reset getting that opportunity to go and get a win uh, against the Bucks, where the Bucks were up a touchdown going into the end of that game, where David Njoku made the catch of his life on a fourth down to tie it in the fourth quarter, where you had the Amari Cooper completion. I still don't understand why, when it wasn't the first possession of the game, they didn't just set up and kick a field goal. Why they kept I going that. for running it? I just, I, I understand that like there is the possibility of missing the field goal. I would suggest that missing a field goal when you're at the two-yard line has just as much of a possibility as him fumbling the ball if you keep trying to run it up the gut and they're going to be trying to punch it out and try and force a turnover. I just didn't understand it, but they went for it. They got the touchdown, and I celebrated it because I celebrated it for Jacoby Brissett. I think he's been a top-16 quarterback in the NFL this season. He's been above that kind of Andy Dalton line uh, that we've seen in previous seasons. I am kind of all in on him getting a job somewhere next season, even if it's just as a bridge quarterback. You know, we joked last week when it came to San Francisco, if Jimmy Garoppolo wins a Super Bowl, ends up leaving, which is, I mean, he'll leave either way, I think, this year. They've actually got the the way that they've reorganized the contracts to make it more team-friendly also involved them not being allowed to franchise tag him and having no trade clauses and everything else. Like, it is a, it's a very 
difficult structured contract for them to actually keep him around unless they just pay him a boatload of money. He's exactly the sort of person I'd happily see come in there for what I hope would be six to 10 games while Trey Lance finishes recovery and, and works his way back into the team. You know, I joked about Brady and Rogers last week. Those are both, I still think, on the table because I think it's a bizarre quarterback situation which could go genuinely any way. But that was the one that uh, that's that's a guy that I just love his attitude. I love the way he's approached this. I love his fact that he's accepted that that was going to be his role, and and they were brilliant on Sunday on a day where. We want to look ahead a little bit in this podcast, but let's just talk about coaching decisions with two different teams going for the what I still affectionately think of as the Mike Vrabel. Going for two on the final play of the game, the Jacksonville Jaguars down 27-20, Trevor Lawrence putting them on his back, driving down the field, making fourth down plays, then a two-point conversion to Zay Jones to go and win that game of football. And it came as uh, the Chargers went out and did the exact same thing. And I'm just like, that is so rare to see teams. It feels like the exact right point in the season where it should happen, where teams like the Chargers, where they're sat at five and five, where they're looking at the AFC above them, they're looking at teams like the Jets winning games, where they're looking at teams who are, they're not going to go and win the AFC West at this point. So they need to win games to get in a wildcard spot, not be going to overtime, tiring their players out. So they made the right decision. And for them to both come off and for them to both be converted, just added that extra drama this weekend. And I loved it. Yeah, two things on that. Um, the charges are really dispelling this. Charges, charges being a, a charging it, char- you know, having that thing where they, they don't get over the line. It's the fourth come back in the fourth quarter this season to win a game, which is which is incredible, really, because that's just not in their DNA. Well, it is now. And also, Trevor Lawrence, how good has he looked since, definitely since, I, I'm going to say it since London. Um, he's looked so good, looks really poised, throwing really good balls into tight windows, making the right decision of when to keep the ball, when to throw it away. The bit of the game management as well, putting the team on his back. I've been super impressed with his de- his development and sort of his rise. It's you you rarely see a, a a quarterback figure things out throughout a season or, or through the season. It you know you know they either get injured and come back a bit better or it's the off season or what and whatnot. But this is actually during season. There was some accuracy issues at the beginning of the year. Some of those have, have have gone now, and we're seeing him developing into the guy that everyone thought that they would draft. And now, if if Travis Etienne doesn't get injured, um, if they had a slightly better weapons around him, and I know he's getting the most out of a pretty poor receiving group, he's doing a really good job. And I think Chip Kelly needs to should be praised for for what's going on there. Uh, to come back just to Justin Herbert, it's amazing how much one play can make a difference or one moment can make a difference because the letter on Herbert was actually that he'd had three or four opportunities this year to go and win a game in the fourth quarter and had consistently thrown an inception. He'd done it three times previously this season. And when Zaven Collins picked him up over the middle, to, picked him off and it looked like as... as had a blatant, a bad call as possible. And then the play ends up getting reversed for a, uh, for a, an inter got, end up getting reversed and ruled an incomplete pass. That, 
that moment, the fact that he didn't hold on to the ball, the fact that he didn't complete the pass through the ground. Okay, there were a couple of... Uh, the, the Cardinals were leading 24-17 at that point, and there were a couple of other... Uh, drives after that but if they'd taken over in Chargers territory on a short field made it a two score game I don't think the Chargers had enough at that point to go and win that game of football there was only what six seven minutes left on the clock at that point I don't think they would have gone and got two scores Trevor Lawrence is the opposite of that to me where it's not about the moment's luck it's not about those fourth down conversions the the two of them the Zay Jones one and the Marvin Jones but both being unreal plays but one-offs. It's the fact that you said it. That consistency is really coming in. He's, he was overthrowing guys left, right, and center earlier in the year. And now he's looking more and more like the legitimate guy that they took number one overall. And this was the almost like the statement that he needed to really put the, the, the stamp on the last three games where he's been very, very good indeed. And is. I think rapidly emerging as the best quarterback from that draft class at a time when there are a lot of question marks. I know Bears fans will back Justin Fields, and I like Justin Fields a lot, but he's doing a lot in losing efforts. Like he is putting the team on his back, but they're not winning games of football. Hopefully that changes for you as a Bears fan. If you are a Bears fan, I'm sure Ollie doesn't hold the same sentiment. No nope. difference. The difference is, is that Trevor Lawrence has the talent around him now. They're four and seven. And if they can go on and win what, five more games this year, four more games this year, end the season eight and nine, nine and eight, it's going to have been a huge success for them. That was Trevor Lawrence's first game of his career where he was over 300 plus passing yards, three plus passing touchdowns. And I think Doug Peterson called a lights out performance. And you're right in what you're saying in terms of how he's improved. For me as a neutral, I just love watching him. And you can see... You're really rooting for a guy like that. And in terms of generally going for the two points, I mean, I was at the Ravens-Packers game last year in Baltimore when all that went down and the crowd's reaction. I love going for two. I hate watching 10 minutes of overtime sometimes when it does stop, start, stop, start and something happens towards the end. Sometimes, obviously, you get a good game towards the end, but I love just, just going for it. Brandon Staley comes under a lot of fire both on this show, on Ollie Conley's Read Optional podcast for myself as well. He described it as uh, smooth as chocolate milk the other day with that Chargers offense. That's how we describe, right? describe McQuaid all the time. Smooth as chocolate, <laughs> chocolate milk. milk. Smooth as chocolate milk, but it's a real pity that we haven't got Clancy on here today because Cliff Kingsbury, boys. Like, what, what exactly did Kyler Murray say again in that press conference afterwards? He, he used the word. He used the F word. Um, yeah, uh, what functionality? Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he said they had that they were schematically f- is what he said. He, <laughs> oh, he talked about the fourth and one play, and he said they were schematically time coded, f- and that is uh, as strong as it comes when you're talking about a guy. I think uh, what do you know what's fascinating to me about something that's happened this week though with Cliff Kingsbury because we have made it clear on many occasions we don't think he's the answer and I think this season has finally proven that to Cardinals fans as much as to the rest of us them going 8-0, and 9-0 and at the start of last season was maybe the worst thing that could happen to the organisation for this year because it meant that they gave them that big contract they gave both of them that big contract but as long as the language in the contract is bang on as it was with Matt Rule's contract, Matt Rule's just gone into college and got himself a massive deal. And because of the offsetting language in his contract, he's gone and saved the Carolina Panthers tens of millions of dollars. 
if they've done a similar offset in Cliff Kingsbury's contract, Kingsbury might have not been a success in the NFL. He might have even not been a success, actually, in Texas, where despite having a slew of top-tier quarterbacks, including Patrick Mahomes, he never had a winning record, majorly down to terrible defences, but... I think he walks straight into a college job this season if he wants to. And so if I'm Arizona, if I'm the Big Wars, if I'm looking at this situation, let's go, do you know what? Cut our losses and hopefully someone goes and pays him and we get our money back anyway, because I don't see the point in keeping him after this year. No, it's um, absolute busted flush, isn't he? Completely. I don't think he, he was even a flush. He's like a, at max, he was probably a two pair or a three of a kind. Just not good enough. Not good enough for the NFL and you could wait, as you wait, say, wait, wait. Is the phrase "busted flush" in regards to poker not a broken toilet? Yeah, it must be in, in regards to poker. I always thought it was. I was thirty-eight years old when I learned <laughs> that the phrase "busted flush" didn't mean a broken toilet handle, but actually <laughs> meant a, a overplaying your hand in poker and not getting the final card, which makes way more sense. That's amazing. Every day's a school day, guys. Uh, I feel like I learned something today. That was like me learning at the age of, I think, thirty-five, that uh, Flow Rider was just Florida. <laughs> I got that like about five years in Florida and it was like your mind's blown it was absolutely gone I learned it whilst I was in Miami <laughs> so there we go that's tough yeah I know see I have better hip hop knowledge but worse poker knowledge so I'll take it well I have just been sent this and I'd love to know your thoughts on this I don't, I don't want to take over but oh, God, here we go you sent me this yeah, um, Lewis Seen Seen I pronounced yep. it correctly yep. yes yeah, the boy Honestly, that broke his. Atrocious. Yeah, the the guy that had his that horrible injury in um in London that really shook yeah. up the team and it made the 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 rest of that half pretty much unwatchable because both teams were so shaken up by such a, a terrible injury. Yeah, he has come out in the last. Well, this article's been up since we've went live here, saying that, um, he called this t- the turf at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium quote sketchy. And he thinks that the odds of something, quote, something happening on natural grass would probably have been lower. Quote, you would think with an international game, they would cross their T's, dot their I's with the field. But it didn't happen that way. There were bumps when you were running on it. It felt like you were running on concrete. So it's a bunch of crazy stuff. And I can't say that's definitely why I got hurt, but I know the field was not ideal at all. Well, I'm presuming that you've been on that field for either a promo shoot or something for the IPP or something. What do you boys think of that? Is, is, is it like a situation where... They have that t- that they, they have that field there. They have that turf there, and maybe because it's not being played on as much as like the soccer field, for example, is that an issue, or am I just completely out of it in terms of gardening rules there? No, no, you are absolutely right. The grass or turf argument is becoming a real argument, and actually, more and more players are pushing for all grass fields in order for NFL in the for player safety. Now, there are lots of places where it's basically just not tenable. You know, in Minnesota, not only is it freezing cold outside, but they need to have some kind of 5G situation because it's a totally encased stadium. Similarly, you know, Indianapolis, in theory, could do the, is it Schalke who have got the stadium, the the grass that goes underneath and outside and goes and, and gets to grow. But most places don't have the ability to do that. And it's the reason Tottenham have that kind of turf field instead of a natural grass field is because it sits there underneath the stadium grass waiting to be used twice, maybe three times a year. But uh, yeah, 
Carroll talked about earlier this month. Players have been tweeting about it. I certainly know, you know, going back to last season when the 49ers did that road swing to start the season and they had that early season game at MetLife Stadium. And because it was a very different surface to what they were used to at home, they had, I think, four or five bad muscle injuries in that game and injuries that went on and knocked on and affected the first half of the season in a big way. And, you know, those are... (laughs) Every game is so key in the NFL. Every injury is so potentially harmful if it's to a key player. Yeah, missing just two or three games, even if you only miss that, can be so massive for a team season if it's your star left tackle, your quarterback, your star wide, whatever it might be. The problem is, is that there are places that it isn't ju- just isn't viable. And, you know, I'm not an athlete, as everyone can well see. Um, but the fact is, I, I've been out on that turf not only kind of pre-game, post-game, et cetera. But also we were out there for an international event when it was absolutely bucketing it down with rain. And I essentially went to the NFL UK and said, guys, can I go out onto the field while they're doing this event? And they're like, yeah, yeah, go for it. And I essentially went out there and just tried to test how slippy it was, just tried to see if I could fall over in it, tried to see if the rain would settle on the surface. Because, I mean, it was like a a storm-level kind of rain coming down. And- a deluge. A deluge is a fantastic word for it, Ollie Hunter. And honestly, I couldn't, it was, I had no problem with it whatsoever. So I I, I kind of feel like injuries happen anywhere and you're going to have to learn that that's, that's the situation. That's what you're going to have to adapt to. I know it's not, uh, yeah, we should be looking to do everything to protect player safety, but I don't think it's viable doing a switch. Yeah. I mean, look, I've been out on that field, scored the first touchdown there. Of, of all time. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so, Ecuador requires, by the way. Oh, go on, Ecuador. So Huge I've, goal. Uh, I've, uh, I've been out this. on that field <laughs> and um, it feels no different to the layman as any four, 5G, five aside, 11, uh, seven aside, or indoor facility that our listeners or would have played football, soccer on. Um, that's a whole different conversation after last week as well, isn't it? But um, look, the, the reason why these injuries are happening is because it's boots get apparently get stuck or cleats get stuck in the field and therefore the, the joints overextend, get tweaked and such like. Now, for, for him to come out and say that there were lumps and bumps all over it, I'm not sure really how that works because the field is, as far as my knowledge is, I'm, I'm pretty sure it comes out in pallets. Uh, isn't it like five different pallets, 20 yards? Well, it's actually, it's 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 different. To, this is going to get super nerdy here. It's different for the NFL field where a lot of it is already there. And then they essentially fill in the gaps where the runners are that the grass field is. The grass field is the one that comes out in three separate sections. Oh, yeah, that's it. Uh, and it lives underneath, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I wonder if there is something in the fact that it isn't used as much as other turf fields around the NFL. Uh, and around college, but it certainly is a thing. Devontae Adams came out um, earlier this year saying that there has to be a serious conversation between the players and the NFL about these injuries and about where they're they're occurring. And if they're occurring more, and I think the data does show that there there are they there are more on um, turf fields rather than grass fields, then. Man, they've got to work it out. I don't know why there isn't even more of a hybrid between the two. You go half turf or, you know, 60-40 turf to grass to allow you to have that. And surely that's something the NFL must be looking into. 
though, we talk about the NFL, but have you ever experienced the NFL in its natural state, live and in person in America, surrounded by tens of thousands of screaming partisan fans after spending hours beforehand in the car park outside the stadium, enjoying a cold beer, maybe one or two, as the smell of barbecue and tailgate food wafts deliciously through the air. If not, or if you have, and you fancy doing it again, well, Touchdown Trips folks are the experts in creating amazing travel packages for your favorite NFL team. And when we say amazing, we mean it. The guys and the girls at Touchdown Trips put fans first and are passionate. The fans who book with them get a proper, unforgettable, and more importantly, a unique NFL experience. You don't just get tickets, but an authentic pre-game tailgate with local fans. College fan? You want to go to a college game? Stadium tour? Why not? As well as all that, they include flights from across the UK. They've got fantastic hotels and anything else you may want to add, such as an NBA game or an NHL game or a local excursion to create truly bespoke packages that are more importantly, at all protected and ABTA bonded. So if you're thinking of going to a game this season or next and just want to get in touch, give the team at Touchdown Trips a shout today at touchdowntrips.com. Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash touchdown trips or Twitter at touchdown trips. Touchdown Trips, you have to see it to believe it. There you go. Hot turf chat, hot gardening chat on uh on talk sport nope that's not that's just where i am we're on the gridiron show i'm losing it a little bit jt messages saying okay call me silly but why don't they just paint the nfl markings on the real grass of tottenham the nfl field is only used twice a year well it, it's a it's a valid question jt the point is is that they are they want to avoid the nfl using the grass they've seen what it's done at wembley previously and admittedly the one occasion it was really bad at wembley there was that england game that was like three or four weeks after and everyone pointed at the nfl ignoring the fact that the nfl came like four or five five days after they'd had an anthony joshua fight there and actually the field was ruined before the nfl turned up and the nfl just made it worse like they just didn't leave enough for gap. The problem is when you're playing Premier League football there, and I think Bayern Munich will experience this when there isn't a World Cup and five weeks for that field to recover. It takes a long time for that grass to recover if they're going to be playing just, you know, you see modern day football pitches are like, they are like carpets. They are these yeah. most beautifully, they're, they're like, you know, they're like greens. You know, they are unbelievably well kept. And so that's why they did it. And actually, with the number of false fields in the NFL, they probably felt safe doing it. And now it's become increasingly a player safety issue. So there we go. By the way, Senegal 2-1, just in oh. case uh, anyone cares. Go on, Senegal. Uh, Look, um, great goal. I th- also, I don't think the NFL can win in this because the amount of people that slag off playing on soccer fields when when they they think it clearly affects the 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 two teams that play in it because they're not used to playing on a soccer field. They're, the Seahawks and the Bucks um, seem to struggle, and people really really laid into the Bayern Munich stadium uh, groundkeepers for for the way that that uh, that that field played, and they've been doing so with Wembley for years. So I don't think the NFL can win, but the 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 players' association are a, a very vocal group and it wouldn't surprise me if we see some sort of um 
action maybe in the coming years. Julio, you right. said that at the end of that Munich game, and I'll just say that and I'll move on. But he was very vocal. He was like, yeah, I'd like to play on natural turf. I would understand why you'd want to. I totally am all for it. Right, we're going to have a couple of topics before we round off the show this week because it has been a rambling fun bag so far. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about Thursday night football. The Bills and the Patriots both obviously played on Thanksgiving last week, so not a traditional short week Thursday night football. Looks like it could be a barnstormer. But before we get to that, let's talk MVB chat. We are into December. Well, we are almost into December. The next time NFL football is played will be in December. I mean, Seb, when you're listening to this, I'm going to go around the room. I'm going to ask about MVP at this point in the year. Ollie Hunter, I'll come to you first. Yeah, I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure that it's actually that close at the moment. I think it's... I think it's Patrick Mahomes and by a distance and you've got to factor in everything that he's had to deal with in his star wide out leaving at the beginning of the year, getting in two or three, three or four new wide receivers. Then that being a rotating cast, uh, pretty much every, I'd love to see the stats, something I, I should have looked up, but I don't think he's had a full set or the same set of wide receivers in uh, Miko Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marcus Valdez-Scantling. The only constant has been Travis Kelsey, which, I mean, is an amazing constant to have. But I th- I'm not sure it's that close between anyone else and Patrick Mahomes. I think Justin Jefferson's been spotty. He'll have amazing games, but then he'll get shut out the next week. Um, uh, Josh Allen, again, he's, those interceptions are creeping back into, into his game. I th- the, only, the only other one, and it depends what happens in the next four or five, five, six weeks, is probably Tua and the way that Tua has been handled. But Tua's not as anywhere near a sexy pick as Patrick Mahomes. So I'm leaning, leaning very heavily, like the leaning Tower of Pisa towards Patrick Mahomes. When I saw this on the uh, on the docket for this week, I have to say, I'll come to you next, Michael. But I did look at it and go, "Well, it's Pat Mahomes, right?" Mike, Mike? A- anything beyond? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, I put up a tweet on Sunday on the Gridiron social channel saying about Tua and how his performances have improved so much that uh, he should be the MVP this season and I got completely murdered for it so I don't even want to go there anymore but for me no go there go there it's funny (laughs) (laughs) well I was going to say it in case Simon Clancy was on the show just for a laugh and and just for the crack (laughs) as my wife puts the Christmas tree on in the background thank you very much for that somebody that will be smiling at Christmas though is Jalen Hurts the step that he has done from this year to last year and the way that this Eagles team that's a good point Mikey hmm that's a good point, Jalen Hurts. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, 157 yard rush, 157 rushing yards this past weekend, and actually there were a couple of turnovers in there, which kept the game closer for Green Bay. But Jalen Hurts undoubtedly has that. 
that big improvement and in most seasons would be in the MVP race and I totally agree with it. Tuatunga Vailoa, another one. I know he was pulled at half time last week or like had one drive in the second half and then was pulled with them 30 points up against the Texans, which I'm totally all for them doing. They shouldn't be out here to bolster Tuatunga Vailoa's stats. Yep. I think what a lot of people will end up looking at on it, his third down stats are unbelievable and his completion stats are amazing and he's he's undoubtedly emerged in a way that there were so many question marks going into the year about him he's done everything he needs to do to prove that he can be a long-term viable option there but every, a lot of people will look at the scheme and look at the way that the guys like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are so often open and the way that guys like Trenton Sherfield and the tight ends there are making a difference as well uh, I actually think the the other name that I think is interesting because it's funny because we talk we look at it and there was a lot of talk about Josh Allen and um, Jalen Hurts particular prior to the last two or three weeks and with both of them it's because they've had a bit of a drop off both in the team's performances and results and also in their personal performances I think Josh Allen the elbow clearly causing him a problem as much as he got that big strike to. Uh, that big strike to Stefan Diggs to, to go and win them the game. Prior to that, he did look uncomfortable a number of times in the game, and there were some throws that he would desperately want back. One guy, and I'm going to give my Pat Mahomes speech in a moment, but one guy who I just want to mention over the last three or four weeks is Joe Burrow who has been absolutely sensational three games in a row for Cincinnati at a time when somebody said on air this weekend, they said, oh, the O-line's really stepping up in recent weeks. I don't think it is. I think Joe Burrow, without Jamar Chase, is being forced to get the ball out quicker, make smarter decisions, not turn the ball over. And I think he's been absolutely brilliant. I think it's probably come a little too late in the season and they'll want to see the consistency all the way across and barring a Mahomes injury or something. But I think now that they are doing a top five vote for it for the first time ever, I would be stunned if his name isn't up in that top five. So what's your five, Will? In any order, after Patrick Mahomes. Okay, so Mahomes, right now, Tua, Hurts, Burrow, Justin Jefferson. That's my five right now. I I have to put in here and say this. If the Eagles continue and only lose one or two games and Jalen Hurts continues to maximize performance in terms of where he is at the minute stats-wise, I feel that they, he has to be in that conversation. I, un, I understand the whole Mahomes talk. I get what you're saying about Joe Burrow. Ollie Connolly's done a piece this week for the read optional on that. His second half of the 12 weeks so far has been superb. Um, my top five at the minute would be uh, Joe Burrow fifth. Josh Allen, fourth. Ooh, I don't want to get in trouble here. I don't want to get in trouble, boys. I'll say Mahomes first, Jalen Hurts second, and I'll be controversial and say, who's third? Who have I not used? Tua. Tua's third. So you've gone Justin Jefferson, yet he's behind Tyree Hill in total yards. Yeah, because Justin Jefferson is... I, I, and look... Tyreek Hill is unreal and maybe deserves to be part of the conversation. A wide receiver has never won the MVP award and I'd be amazed if came anywhere near to it. I think both of those two look like they will pass the 2000 yard mark this season. Jefferson will do it with a lot more touchdowns if he does do it. And also with being more important to the Vikings, which is you know, it is the most valuable player award. I still, don't get me wrong, think Tyreek Hill is incredibly important to the Dolphins' success this year, mm. and it's 1A and 1B, but for me, Tyreek Hill is a game-breaker. He's a cheat code. He's all that other stuff, but for me, Justin Jefferson is the best non-quarterback in the NFL this season. 
I think he might be the best non-quarterback in the NFL, full stop. I'm look, Tyreek Hill has consistently put up the yards each week, whereas Justin Jefferson will, will go for two hundred near on two hundred one week and then thirty the next. So I think consistency wise, there's there's that that goes against him. Um but I mean we we are we are pretty much splitting hairs when it comes to that. Um Josh Jacobs almost twelve hundred yards along the ground. It's been a long time since a running back did it. Derek Henry's but, pretty but quiet. Then you're, talk, you're talking about consistency and up and downs. The and, and that's the same, yeah. yeah. The 300-plus all-purpose yards he had in one game this week took him from being, I think, fourth on the list to first on that list. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, 260-odd of them on the ground and obviously 85 of them on the game-winning touchdown. <laughs> Funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. All right, so he's been it, it was a great. By the way, it was a great final window for a 49ers fan. Everyone else in the NFC West losing. Yeah. Including in dramatic circumstances, your bitter rivals, the hated Seahawks. Um, but it's a, it's a really good. I love the fact that it's top five. Everything's top five. Talk sport, love a top five. Um, everything's top five, and I think it it allows more recognition. Um, maybe the Heisman should do it as well. But top five. I actually- I, I think they should do it with every award. I think that yeah. the coach of the year should have it. I think that the assistant of the year should have it. I think that the rookie, I like. I, I think it would make for a more fun award ceremony at the end of the year, and it would give some recognition to guys. We wouldn't have to have that. Russell Wilson's never had a vote for him. Obviously, he's not getting one anytime soon, as we're aware, wow. but he had seasons that he probably should have done in the past. Uh, I think it's almost unanimous that it's Patrick Mahomes' uh, award to lose, but I think we made some good some good arguments for some of the other guys. Um, Thursday night football, Patriots, Bills. It is first v worst in the AFC East. Uh, Surely, both... Will, you mean the Patriots are first and the Bills are worst. Uh, I, I'm sure the last 20 years means that Patriots fans aren't going to be too upset about this. Look, I mean, the, the obvious thing to say is that the Bills against the Lions managed to edge it, but did just enough. However, however, they no longer have uh, Von Miller. Still no confirmation of exactly how long that's going to be that he's going to be out for, but a huge loss to that side of the ball for them, especially when they're already dinged up there. Rousseau's been missing games. They had to rely a lot on internal pressure against the Lions last week. Ed Oliver had an absolutely huge game for them. So that's a concern. And then the fact that Josh Allen still has this elbow issue and still, you know, hasn't looked up to his MVP level best from early in the season. On the other side, the Patriots took the Vikings toe for toe and I have to hold my hands up. And I have to say last week, I questioned Mac Jones decision making and said that as much as he was the better quarterback between him and Zach Wilson, that that was an incredibly low bar. I thought for three, three and a half quarters against the Vikings, Mac Jones was Maybe his best game in the NFL, certainly his best game of the season. The all in all, he played really well. And that was the game that made me go, huh, the play calling was a bit better as well, which helped him. So I just have a little bit of a leaning towards New England getting an upset this week. Yeah, I think it it's it could go that way because the Patriots at home uh, are always a tricky, a, a, a tricky team to come up against. And then you factor in the fact factor in the fact that it's uh that it's a primetime game uh bill belichick loves to be in the spotlight uh i think it's that he's actually been quite annoyed that the patriots haven't been so much in the spotlight and it was a it was a really good 
and well schemed performance that they just ran out of steam on Thanksgiving. I think I'm leaning towards a Patriots update as uh, up, upset as well. Um, Buffalo, Buffalo Bills have looked, they had looked a little sketchy. I think a big, big win last week um, to get them over to get them over that sort of being away from Buffalo hump, but they're going away from Buffalo again. I, I like the Patriots here. A couple of things. Um, well, yeah, look, it's been a while for Patriots fans. It hasn't been too long since we're playing in the primetime game, but it's been a while since, you know, we're, we're, we're always used to these primetime games in Foxborough and Gillette Stadium with Brady. And we had that big one last year whenever the Bucks came to town and it was all this big hype. Look, lads, all, all I need is... Five, five to six points or you know okay five six seven eight points whatever is needed Josh Allen and the Bills on Thanksgiving the way they came back was it 24 seconds against the Lions was superb and the, the I think some of the throws made by Allen on, on that drive was just amazing the combination the, the the partnership that he has with Stefan Diggs is just it's, it's a joy to watch you have to give it to the Patriots Last week, I think it was like, what, 300, 350, 60 passing yards for Mac Jones. Far more efficient on the offense. The Bills have got a bug where there's four or five players sick at the minute. Obviously, Will, you mentioned there about Von Miller for me. Um, Buffalo is averaging around 27, 28 points a game on the offense. Whereas the Patriots have been quite good on the defense. They're letting only letting in just under 20 points a game. So it could be one of those ones where it's tight. I think Allen... Genuine. I think the Bills just come out on top and they find a way to win. A team like the Bills has to win if they want to keep going for number one seed in the AFC and they, they find a way in this game. But it should be could be one of the better games on Thursday night this year and for me that uh, would like to go to bed early uh, and wake up and see it. I'm very tempted to watch this live. Genuine. By the way, we have, we've we gone through the whole, whole show without mentioning the most irrelevant game of all time. A, a <laughs> primetime game and it was last <laughs> night. I've, I've thought about I have watched it. I thought about this as I went to bed uh, at I went to bed at around about one o'clock and there was no point of me part of me that wanted to stay up and watch it and I thought to myself I wonder how many people will be watching this on Sky or Game Pass uh, or on or on Channel 5 I reckon it will be the lowest amount of ever for Monday Night Football I think there's loads of theatres fans in the UK I I, I have shite aren't they <laughs> they really are. <laughs> I have, I have um, the like the notifications and everything on a Monday and a Thursday turned off in case I have to go to bed and go into work. And actually, Friday I'm working from home. We're getting a new fridge delivered, so I am absolutely. Ooh, you need day. a new fridge as well. It's too. Small, oh, desperately. Oh, our yeah. new one's a big, massive two door American. Oh, an American style one. one. Has it got a where you can put the the thing in and get the water out of it? Or mate, it's not only got one of those. Oh, it's got ice. It's got ice. It's a hidden one where, like, it looks like a flat surface. And no. then the door, if you do a little, like, latch on it, yeah, the front yeah. panel opens up, reveals the water bit, and then you can open the door in full as well. Oh, man. And then well, that's instead of the ice maker, isn't just one that you put the thing under, like you where you put the water and get ice out of it. Yeah, yeah. There's actually an ice maker in the freezer. And there's two drawers, one for big ice cubes, one for little ice cubes. Big ice. And it'll just fill it up. Uh, it just it automatically does it. I tell you what, TalkSport are paying you way too much. Oh, <laughs> this conversation was more relevant than talking about the Steelers' order. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
I reckon I people would have enjoyed thing, it though. more. One thing. I was going to talk about the game. I was going to bring it up, but I thought I might have some more time towards the end. I was doing my best Jeff Saturday thing. It was like, oh. Uh, very good. Very good. I, I, yeah, like I said, I turn off the notifications, so I don't get the Google notifications with the score or anything. I hate having it spoiled for me when I wake up. And my, you can tell my level of how much I care about the game based on whether... I'm going to watch the YouTube highlights, which are, you know, generally, what, eight minutes? The 40-minute game pass, which I'll download to my phone and watch on the way and out of work. Or, like, the two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour game pass. We basically get the whole game. uh, And, uh, you know, I only really do that if it's Niners or if it's a massive game that I just can't stay up for. Uh, This morning, I woke up and I Googled the results. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, didn't even... (laughs) Didn't even bother going to YouTube and doing it. Actually, when I saw the score, I thought, oh, maybe I should have watched that without knowing the score, but I just, I still haven't watched even the short highlights. Yeah. I just, yeah. It's not that I don't care about your team, Steelers and Colts fans. It is it's that. just I don't enjoy watching them. That's that's the thing. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, right. I think we can wrap it up then, boys, because Ollie's got to go and do some hardcore editing. I'm going to go watch England probably ruin their whole World Cup. Um, and uh, it's going to happen, isn't it? They, don't put your thumbs up for that, Michael. Come it's on, coming home, boys. England at some point over the next three weeks or so. Yeah, you're yeah. a scumbag. Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think you'll win it. It's all good. And for our international audience, I hope you enjoy the NFL this week and, and, and the World Cup. And I, hey. and I booed Thierry Henry, and now. <laughs> Well, he did cheat a nation, so... He did cheat a nation, but I don't care anymore. I've stopped caring. Michael's ruined it. Uh, guys, We've, thank you so what much. What about Sunday? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, yeah, God, Sunday. We're doing a gridiron takeover on TalkSport 2. Yeah, Me, I mean... Ollie Connolly, Ollie Hunter, in studio from 5pm, previewing all the games, doing them live. It might clash with the England game, by the way, of England top the group. And so if it does, we'll just give you updates on that as well. Oh, Ollie's looking shocked and upset that he said no, he's going to come in studio. You know what? I, I <laughs> oh, would no. rather I would rather watch the NFL than Gareth Southgate's England. But what yeah, you can do is, is if you, if you feel like you want to watch if you feel like you want to watch England, then watch England and listen to us on the radio giving you your yep. red zone updates on the yep. NFL. Yeah, yep, yep, red zone red zone on the radio. It does work. Will we ever see something like this in our lifetime ever again? Spain, Germany, for example, on Sunday night, and we had Red Zone on, Talksport on as well. It was, it's just a mad time. It, it's a mad yeah. time. Uh, yeah, I can't pretend like I've engaged with the World Cup like I would with a normal one, but I have enjoyed what I have engaged with. So everyone enjoy the games at the World Cup. Everyone enjoy the NFL this weekend. Tweet us your thoughts on anything we've said at Twitter. At UK Gridiron on Instagram. You'll find us on the TikToks as well. Uh, you can find myself, Ollie, and Mike all on those platforms. And uh, yeah, get in touch. Let us know what you thought of the show. Give us any questions you want. Follow all the other great Gridiron content through the week the shows with Ollie, the uh, Read Optional show, uh, more Connolly, all that stuff as well. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. If that's how you've been consuming it, this is the Gridiron Show. Bye.